0: You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the street.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Francel Evans.
0: Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man?
1: What yeah, and yes, folks, uh, Fran is joining me remotely this week. Uh, we have been taught, talk- we talked for about 10 or 15 minutes straight. I didn't realize I didn't hit record because this is not how we usually record. You guys will never know how magical those 10 minutes were. They were just, uh, they were, they were a magical, special 10 minutes. We're going to try to, we're going to try to recreate those. But uh, Fran is joining me remotely because it's been a busy week. Um, Fran is, when, if you're hearing this the day it comes out, Fran is getting married tomorrow. A uh, round of applause for him. A uh, big day of nuptials and whatnot for that, man. You're hearing kind of staticky on the other end. Fran, speak to that. To what? How you feeling, man? How's the week been? How's the closing up the final last <laughs> it's little it's touches? Look, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's been hectic. Um, uh, I feel like, again, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm ready, you know. But, I mean, like, now it's like, it's getting closer close and closing So, now I'm getting anxious. I'm getting little anxious and yeah. like, I'm getting nervous. I know she's going to say yes. I mean, you know, I do. But, you know, what I mean, like, still, you get the nerves. You know, Just it's like you all dressed up. You know, the day the day is about YouTube. You know, uh, me and Harris. I was like, all Spotlight. of the are on us is about us. Spotlight. It's, yeah, man. It's, 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 it's going it's to be great. It's going to be a great day, man. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be a very special day. One of the moments was, like, you know, you have those memories forever. It's about us. You know, kind of not, and then family, people we love dearly to us. We're going to be there. You get to celebrate that special day with this man. It's gonna be, I can't wait, man. I really can't.
1: No, for sure, man. I've been working on some TikTok dances. You know, I've been watching some videos. I don't know if I got them crisp. <laughs> I don't know if they will be crisp, but I'm going to try to implement some of them out on the dance floor even if, you know, I'm going to let my body do the talking you know, even if I'm not doing it properly I'm just going to let the spirit take over, I don't want to be judged, I just want to dance freely <laughs> but I'm going to try to do that little hip thing yeah. where your hips go up and down and you're rubbing your stomach and you're smacking yourself, I'm going to try to break that one uh-huh. out I just feel. I just oh, feel like. A, I feel like that one's. I feel like that one is is begging to come out of that's, me. I don't know, man. I don't the that's hips. The, that's a young. That's, that's young, young person, I don't man. have the <laughs> hips. I don't have the <laughs> hips. I know the hips can't do it, but at the hips they want to do it, and I might let them. I might let them. No guarantees, but I might pull something out. I'm not sure. But as we got into before, you know, I didn't hit the record button. I want to let people know. Fran might be having the most progressive wedding of 2022. Uh, he has double best men uh, me and his brother and yeah. the way that the formation yeah. is s- situated. We're like, lo- we, we're we locking arms and walking down the aisle together, me and his bro. So, um, I'm very excited about that. The mustache will be fully trimmed and, and groomed and properly. And I'm, I'm going to blow one of those up and, and, and get that framed up nice. Cause that's going to be a legendary photograph <laughs> for sure. As we discussed, it's uh, going to be, it's going right. to be a magical moment. It's going to be a magical moment. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think people are ready for that. I don't think people are ready for that. For all of the swag and the drip, I mean, a lot of a lot of magical moments coming down that aisle, man. I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't see, I haven't seen the finishing touches of your suit. Like I haven't seen the finished product. Oh man, it's,
0: it's clean, man. I got, I got a nice, a nice. But uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get into it. I'm not gonna. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no I, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know.
1: I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see day of. Um, uh, but uh, speaking yeah. of excitement and again, people bear with us, man. Like we did this. We we literally just did this. So we're gonna. But we're gonna act like we we're gonna act like we did it, man. Friends. Speaking of excitement and, and and things changing and life changing and moving in a different way. Uh, one of the biggest and most exciting and and you know headline making things happen this week. Uh, Adnan Saeed from the famous Serial podcast was released this week on house arrest his, his, his conviction was vacated pending uh, a, set, a new trial. but Marilyn Mosby, who's the district attorney well she's the she's the exiting district attorney. She has like three months left until the the guy that beat her takes over and there's some contra- there's some controversy okay. about that, but it's kind of haterism. I don't really think it's controversy. Some people are saying she's trying to uh, make headlines in a positive way by Spotlighting this case and addressing this case on her way out to make her look good as she leaves, but I don't really give a shit about that man. She she lost the election or whatever, and she's leaving, and she's and she's, and, she's, and she's doing a good thing. And she, and she's doing a good thing for somebody. I don't think, and even if it has an yeah, yeah. ulterior motive, I I think that his case was handled improperly. A lot of the evidence was flimsy and speculative, and yeah. this Jay Wilds character, you know, is an unreliable witness, and so. I think he was not given a fair trial. I'm not here to discuss whether or not people think he's innocent or guilty. That's a different conversation, but I don't think you can argue that the the, the trial was not fair. And based on that, mm-hmm. it was vacated. Now there are some right. there, and there were there was uh, two witnesses that the prosecution didn't put forward back in that time, back in 2000 where one of those one of those uh, suspects threatened to kill Heyman Lee. And like that, that wasn't like given forward to, they didn't, they didn't like present it Mm -hmm. to the, they didn't present it to the defense or the judge. And so there's a, 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 a a suspect out there who literally threatened to kill Heyman Lee and nobody knew about this. So things like that, things like that and other things led to this case being vacated. Marilyn Mosby said she's waiting on some DNA evidence. And if this DNA evidence comes back as Adnan Saeed is not a suspect or not a part of this DNA at all. she will not pursue a new trial and she will drop the charges completely. So that's, that'll be coming down the pipeline in the next few days. I'm sure where it's like confirmed he's out and not going back to trial and just as a completely free man. But the possibility of a a new trial is still on the table, but this new trial would not involve Jay wilds. And some of the evidence, I think the cell phone evidence got thrown out. And um, I think this DNA evidence will get thrown out as well. If it comes back negative. So there'll be no DNA evidence, no cell phone evidence, and no Jay Wilds. And so if he was to go to a new trial, I think that he walks in a new trial. Now um, I don't want it to yeah. get, I don't want it to get lost on people that the Lee family is still suffering. Um, there is their their case is now a cold case once again. And so you know people should be respectful and you know, being celebratory because you know Syria was a big podcast, friend. Right? you know like people really got invested. People picked a side. So people feel like, uh, I don't know, like a Super Bowl was won. I can really feel it on social mm-hmm. media. Like people feel like this is one of those cases where it transcends true crime. Like you see people that, like friends of your parents and co workers sharing the story that you, you know they don't really watch true crime, but like this is a, that big that they are interested in it. So this is big, and people right. are celebrating and happy, and some people are upset, and I just don't want it to get lost that there's a family who's grieving. Heyman Lee was a real person. Adnan Saeed is a real person. Like, this is not a game. It's not teams. There shouldn't be no rubbing in the face or blaming the family as to why. If, 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 if all the detectives and all the prosecutors are telling me, this guy killed my, my daughter, my sister, my brother, my daughter, my sister, you know, I'm going to believe them because they're the people who do the job. And so we're not, we can't blame right. the Lee family for believing people whose job it is to solve murders. They told the family that this is the guy, and if they still believe that, that's their business. You, we have no right to try to blame them for feeling and investing in the closure of your your child's case being solved, and then having that snatched away. We have no right to, like, judge them for that. You know? Right. Because for the last 22 years, they believed yeah. that.
0: They thought it was over. Yeah, man, I, I, I know that sucks. Um, and I think that like we've seen this multiple times with um, other cases that for prosecutors that was them going after uh, you know uh, Anasai was like low hanging fruit because it was it's like well he dated her you know yeah. you know all the details of that that boyfriend yeah and it was like right so it, it was so it was so easy to get him and it's just like and him being connected to her and it's just like you, all the details like and correct me if i it's been a while since I you know read that story. Now, the DNA t- DNA wasn't tested when this, when this was going on, when it happened, right? No, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. DNA
1: was not the basis right, of his okay. conviction. It was cell phone right, records. Right, right, right. Okay.
0: Right. Just like yeah, man, man. Just like we always talk about that, that, that show. Uh, long shot. Um, what is it? Uh, long shot, man. Yep. Long shot, man. Yep.
1: That's crazy. They had Jay Wilds as a witness, cell phone records, and then the narrative that they put together. Yeah. Which is a good the narrative is a yeah. solid narrative. He's a scorned ex-boyfriend. She didn't like him anymore. It, it sounds good. But I don't think the evidence was that strong. That's my opinion. So, and and the opinion seems to be, you know, a solid one because it went before, you know, a, ju- a judge and the judge vacated the charges. So, something isn't strong or sturdy in, in that in that case, and so they vacated the, the right. charges. So um, if if his DNA doesn't come back on the sample that they have, according to what I saw in some of the interviews that I saw of Marilyn Mosby, she will completely drop the charges and there will not be a new trial pursuit and he will just be a completely free man. Now, Adnan Saeed is a lucky guy. He's not lucky. He lost 22 years of his life, but he's lucky in the sense that this case is so... Big and prominent, and made so much news, and has been for almost twenty years of of, of fame. I mean, cereal is almost twenty years old. It's, you know, it's fifty It's about fifteen years old. Yeah. So you know, before then, this was not a story that everybody knew. But after cereal, the whole world knew this. So I'm sure there have been GoFundmes and and clothes been have been you know put aside, and you know, speaking engagements are already ready to go, and documentary. I mean, this guy is gonna land on his feet for his everywhere, yeah for his next act of life and, and I'm really I'm, I hope so for him his next act because he got his first act stolen his next act is going to be one with purpose and I don't think he's going to worry about money and that's not a case for a lot of people so you know in that regard he is lucky obviously he got his life stolen from him but I've I've, I've we've done a lot of stories and read a lot of stories about people who come out and, and don't land on their feet so smoothly after being wrongfully convicted of a crime because as we discussed, can he, can he can he sue? Oh, I'm sure he can sue, and I'm sure he will sue. I'm sure he can and yeah. will sue the state of Maryland or the city of Baltimore, even though I have no fucking money. Um, but yeah, I think he can. <laughs> I think he can. I think he can sue and will sue. He's a, yeah. he's within his rights to sue if they're saying if they admit to twenty
0: years in my life. Yeah, nah. exactly.
1: If they admit, if they admit, well, that's the, here's the thing. I don't know the difference between vacating vacating a sen, vacating a sentence and overturning the conviction. I don't know if they're the same thing, because I feel like overturning the conviction is saying like you are, you are we we got this wrong, but I feel like vacating right. is like we got the we got the we got the the trial wrong, but
0: I guess you can still sue for that. Kind like re- like a like a redo. It's not it, it like vacating sounds like a redo. Like. Like you said, we got the trial wrong, so we need to like kind of hit the reset button, yeah. Kind of like figure everything out,
1: yeah. But they're not explicitly saying like you didn't do this, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no. Congratulations to Adnan Sayed and wow. you know, prayers to the Lee family. You know, it's a really nobody won, but we there's a silver lining. Silver lining in a really dark story, and, and it's that. If this guy yeah, is man. not the guy, he got his freedom back, and I don't think he's the guy. So I'm, I'm happy for him, but I'm obviously sad for the Lee family because they are once again a family of an unsolved murder. You know,
0: I want to know like throughout the the whole time, you know, this 20 years, I want to, I want to know if they had you know any doubt. I know like you relying on detectives and stuff, you know, because them do their job like you said, and only thing you can believe is what they're telling you because this is what they do. This is their profession. So it's like. I want to know if they really had any doubt, you know, if, you know, if he had something to do with it or not, like, if they, if that came across their mind. Well,
1: and this is the complicated thing about it is that whether they did or they didn't, if they choose to publicly say for the rest of their lives that we believe Adnan Saeed is the guy that killed our daughter, our sister... I have no judgments toward them. Like I, I got to have your right to think that. Yeah. So. Like, I mean the, the police told them this was the guy, the prosecutors told them that this was the guy, a judge told them that yeah. this was the guy. Like, I can't sit here and say, how can y'all sit here and still blame this guy? And you know, I it's like, it's like, man, yeah. you, we, for the last 22 years have thought that our daughter have found, was found justice. And now you're telling us that that's not the case. And we have to go back to square one and maybe their brains won't let them do that, you know, and and, and also I don't Man, think we'll ever bro. know 100% either way. You know, I, I know I have my beliefs and right. what I think happened, but like, I don't know. And so if there's 5%, 10%, 20% of a doubt, then, you know, if I'm the person whose family member died, I have every right to go. I still, you know, I hear what you're saying. This evidence was thrown out or whatever, but I still, I think he was the guy you know and they should not be like attacked or shamed or you know the internet has a way of just being heartless and gross and picking teams and this is one of those scenarios where this is a team type of thing serial made this a team type of thing people picked sides and people broke down everything and the evidence and the the stories and we've seen this from every different angle and documentaries and everything there are sides to this and there's a real swelling on the internet of we won you lost celebrate pop bottles this is great yes and it's like yes this is great this guy was railroaded by the system it seems at the very least his his trial wasn't fair but let's not be gross in our celebration because these are real people somebody died somebody lost 22 years of their life like it's not a this isn't a meme so yeah i just want people to keep that yeah I, I, i
0: i agree with that though yeah i definitely agree with that
1: what, so let me just say two things. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the Patreon shout-outs next week, and this week I will just be doing a story because, as me and Fran discussed before we started, this is not the best connection, and I don't want Fran to do his story. No. And it just is like you know he you know he's really excited about his story, and I don't want him to be. I don't want to do I can, it. I
0: got, a, I got a great, I got a great story. I, I, it's kind of I can't do it, but you know, it's, it's awesome though. Yeah, you it, don't want to it. – it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Bro. I want. not want to real about No fucked up connection. Yeah,
1: you sound like you're in a can of Chef Boyardee. So I would not want you to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would not want you to deliver your story under such circumstances. It wouldn't do this. It wouldn't do it justice, man. So uh, I will be doing nah, a story. Also, also with,
0: also with you, you not, you not. Uh, make sure you hit the record button. I don't want to get as deep into my story and I'm all into it. And you go, oh man. I, oh yeah, damn man. I, I forgot to record hit record, button.
1: man. 30, 30 minutes into just absolute heat too I'm just like man you know something this button's green right now this thing didn't get a thing this this machine wouldn't know a thing <laughs> sorry to that story uh, but uh, okay yeah so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back I'm gonna get into some fucked up shit and uh, then you know then we're gonna get out of here so stick around All right, and we are back. friend. because of all the hoopla and the exciting news around the Adnan Saeed case, I decided I wanted to cover a wrongful mm-hmm. conviction story this week myself. And so okay. my affirmative murder this week is the story of Kevin Bailey and Corey Batchelor.
0: Okay. Hey, no, hey let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Now I'm really upset. Please. Because my story is also wrongful conviction. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: we were on theme. well you know man listen i I wanted you also one last announcement too there will be no episode monday fran is going on honeymoon you know a mini moon yeah because you got big plans for the honeymoon but this is going on on a mini moon and and so he will be gone for the weekend and so we're going to take that opportunity to you know refresh and rest up and and come back fresh in october i think when by the time next the next monday comes around, (laughs) it will be spooky tober again so you know, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, you, you get you get the weekend off and a week to refresh, and then your story. You bring come back, bring that story when you don't sound like you're in a can of beans, and you know we're gonna come back and, and start start fresh with that heat. <laughs> it sounds crazy, like you're in another d- dimension or something like that. It's wild. I I can't wait to hear the. I can't wait to see the read the Apple Podcast reviews of this. Like first of all, the podcast, this podcast audio sound is terrible. The worst thing as like. Y'all, one episode, you can't just <laughs> cut us a break. One episode, you're going to leave a one-star right. review off one episode. Cold-blooded world, bro. It's a cold-blooded world. We got a, we got a one-star review one time because somebody was mad. Uh, we dropped a mini episode instead of a regular episode. They were like, this mini episode sucks. I was like, we put something out. I was like, what the hell is that? They, like, they were like, don't ever do this again. I, I want to hear the regular episodes. I was like, "You get, and you went and left a one-star damn. review because of that? That's crazy. Nah, uh, there's no, some sick people out there. So anyway. oh, that's crazy. they going to be mad at wow. this one. Like, I, think they, like that. I think they still listen to the podcast, Damn. but they were like, let me go leave them a terrible review telling them don't ever put this mini shit out. They were like, y'all need to vet the emails. Who believes? Do Y'all just believe in these people? I was like, you got this much venom in your heart With, for free content? We could have put nothing out. That one really burned my head. Yeah, that All you had to do games. was uh, send Alvin a, a DM. Damn. Hey, you have to, you, have to leave. you don't have to fuck <laughs> the algorithm up. Anyway, so this is the story of Kevin Bailey and Corey Bachelor. So in 1989, okay. yeah. So in 1989, Corey and Kevin were a pair of 19-year-old Chicago friends trying to figure out what to do with their lives. On June 1st of that year, at around 2:15 p.m., the body of 69-year-old Lula Mae Woods, who was the wife of a retired police officer, was found on the floor of her open garage on the south side of Chicago. She had been stabbed to death and her purse was missing in an apparent home invasion and robbery. Lula Mae was last seen 30 minutes earlier when she deposited a check at a nearby bank and withdrew $100, so you never know who could have been watching her there, scoping her out, seeing her take cash out. That's why I always, at the ATMs, I'm always leery, man, and I try to get up out of there real quick because I don't want people seeing I took money out. I like to get to my car really quickly. I'm always got my head on the swivel because you never know who's lurking, man. It's tough times out here.
0: Yeah, man. Whenever I go to ATM, I, um, it's, when, it's, when it's people there, I always, like, I'll just go last. I'll wait. I stand super close to the screen, and I'm looking behind me. or Oh, like, I'm, if there's nobody, and like if I'm by myself, so I'll, I'll try to stand sideways just so I can, like, see everything. be aware if somebody's walking past. I can just see everything right. And then, like. It's just,
1: yeah, man, I, uh, I never, I never like to go in ATMs. Nah, I can't, I can't stay in ATMs. Uh, anyway, uh, police found two sets of keys near her body, a bloody towel and the strap of her purse, which had apparently been cut from the purse. Under her body was a Domino's pizza hat, a six inch, sp- oh, like a work hat, like somebody, I don't know if they fresh from work. Left it? Yeah, left it. It was underneath of her. And I'll get to that, too, to really clear up any kind of like speculation as to where it came from. I can clear it up in a, a bit. Okay. So a six inch serrated steak knife, which was believed to be the murder weapon, was found on the sidewalk not far from the scene because it was raining. It was of little value from an evidentiary perspective. So all the if blood fingerprints got washed off of the knife, but they believed it was the knife mm-hmm. that was used to murder her. Police recovered two strands of hair on the bloody towel and a single hair on the hat. Police believe the hat was dropped by the perpetrator because it did not belong to Woods or any of the members of her family. So Lula Mae Woods, this grown-ass lady, did not work at Pizza Hut. She was 69 years old, and nobody in her family worked at Pizza Hut. I mean, Domino's, sorry. Nobody in her family worked at Domino's, and she didn't work at Domino's. Her husband was a retired police officer. He didn't work at Domino's. So this Domino's hat just came out of nowhere. So it was a pretty easy deduction that it belonged to whoever broke into the house.
0: That's crazy. you. Like, fresh off the clock, you go in... Commit a crime, a murder in full uniform,
1: damn near. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, now they That's can just, great. I mean, now, I mean, again, I, I'm not going to get into uh, if the murder was solved because I wasn't able to find that. But you would think, like, you work at Domino's, they could just go, okay, there's a domino, there's three Domino's with, within the vicinity of this home. Let's get an employee list. What a thing to leave at a crime scene, you know, a, a hat of your of your job. But I guess they could have been wearing it for fashion reasons. I wouldn't, but no, I crazy. Yeah. crazy. The blue and the red box might really set off some, some some Iversons or something like that. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you do work at Domino's, why would you leave your work hat there? Now they're like, oh, well, somebody that works at Domino's did this.
0: This sounds like a, a CSI type of episode where it's like. You know the, the whoever this was that left his hat at the crime scene, and then like he go. They find out when they go look for him that they talk to his boss. They come in there and ask him, they're like, "Uh, yeah, so is anybody come here and mention about like, you know they need a new hat?" And they go like, "Yeah, Jeffrey walked in here a couple days, and we asked him where his hat was as part of the uniform, the you know, mandatory. And he mentioned that he left it, so you know he lost it or something, and they just didn't. They just brushed it off. Yeah, then they find out like comes back around a fucking whole." Murder. yeah like that's what it reminds, what it reminds me of.
1: and the whole the whole time he's saying that he's he's still tossing the pizza they never stopped doing their job on that show he's still tossing the pizza
0: <laughs> yeah you know jeffrey yeah. came
1: in he said he uh lost his hat at a at a parade and you know we didn't really question it but we had to send him home for the day because you know we don't let people wear not wear hats here still tossing the dough making a pizza while there's right. police listen man i respect the police but i have to do my job these pizzas got to get slung so, uh, about three hours later, after the police arrived to do, you know, do an investigation, uh, police discovered Wood's purse in a garbage can a block away from the scene of the crime. They recovered her mm. bank book, deposit slips, a check register, and other items. No money was found. Seven fingerprints were recovered from those items, though. Larry Johnson was the first suspect in the murder after he was arrested on unrelated charges a few days after Lula Mae was murdered. While in custody, Johnson told detectives that he had he had overheard. And listen to this, friend. This is crazy. He had told while he was in, in custody, he told detect or allegedly. I'm gonna say allegedly because this sounds crazy. He allegedly told detectives that he had overheard an argument between 19 year old Corey Bachelor and Corey Bachelor's brother Tony. Johnson said he heard Tony tell Corey, "Man, you shouldn't have gone in that lady's purse." Johnson also told police that Emil Bachelor, the father of Tony and Corey knew that Corey was involved in the murder. So it just, he just happened to know all this really personal information within this fan. It sounds like a discussion. First of all, who says that? Like, what what was the context of that? Like you just hear this older brother say, man, you shouldn't have killed that lady. Basically. It's basically what he's saying is how he is, what the police are saying. That's how they pursued him. But for me, what this sounds like, again, everything Mm -hmm. always goes back to central park five case, you know, and, and seeing that played out in the, in the show. You know, because you hear about these tactics for years and they're like, look, well, you're going down for this if you don't give us somebody that feels like this is like, yeah. I don't know, man. Fucking this. This kid also lives in the neighborhood and he has a record or something. I don't know about I don't know if uh, Corey Bachelor has a record or something, but it feels like they were like, well, you need to tell us somebody else that that could have done this. And so he goes, I, I overheard uh, Corey Bachelor's brother telling him you shouldn't have got. Gone in that, gone in that lady's purse. That's so specific because her purse was stolen, found in a tr- garbage can. Like it's so specifically that somebody would say that out loud. It just, it just. Yeah. Felt- why would you say that? Why would you? And why? Why would you say what? Where did he hear it? Like where did you hear that? Wh- what was the context? Like the co- context has to matter in that situation for them to just say, yeah, well, yeah, we arrested him on unrelated charges. Now that has nothing to do with why he would want to get, you know, get some cooperate with the police so he wouldn't get in trouble. That has nothing to do with that. He just wanted to let us know. He didn't tell us so we'd let him go on the charges we picked him up for. That's not what this was about.
0: It, was he involved in this case
1: at all? Or was, it, was he just like I know, I think they picked him up on Armor so charges. They picked him up on Armor right, charges. Okay, gotcha. he, he probably lives in the neighborhood and they were like, Hey, where were you on the right. night of uh June first of nineteen eighty nine? He goes, Uh well oh, oh, wow, well, I, I, I bet. Well, hey, guess what, man? A woman was murdered and you live around there. So either you did it or you're gonna tell us somebody else that did it. And that's how I feel like this went, because that's just a weird, his father, they're saying, he's saying, oh, I I know, I know his, their father knew too. And the brother said, you shouldn't have gone in the lady's purse. That feels like fed information. Like, you know, some lady's purse was stolen and she was murdered. And like, you, you happen to hear somebody say you shouldn't have gone in this lady's purse. Just feels weird. So as a result, on June 6th, 1989, detectives came to the bachelor family home with, with Larry Johnson, where he identified Corey Batchelor in the home as the murder suspect in question. Wow. They brought him in the home or outside of the home, whatever they did, but they brought him to the crime scene or not a crime scene. But they like brought him to the scene and were like, is this the guy? And he was, he said, yes. And so then the officers took Corey Batchelor to the police station and put him in an interrogation room where he would spend the next 27 hours. <clears throat> yep. For the first 24 hours, Batchelor said he was never given his Miranda rights although detectives questioned him repeatedly. So there's without a lawyer present as well. 19. He denied any involvement in the crime. What are you
0: going
1: to do? I mean, you what you to
0: do it sitting in a room for a whole day? You're hot. That's hot. That's kidnapping. That's what you go like. That's what you to go like, man, look, I'll tell you what I, mean. I got. I the bathroom. I'm hungry. Yes. I'm like, literally. Tears hurt my ass. That's why they do I'm it. Down. That's, nah. that's literally why they that's do crazy, it. That's crazy, man.
1: That's literally why they do it. They wait you out. Until you need something, and then they go, That's when we're gonna talk to you when you're hungry and have to pee and scared. And, you know, that's when we're gonna, well, you're gonna tell us whatever we want you to tell us. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's why they do it. So, the whole time he denied any involvement in the crime, and at one point he said he had been in the park with a friend, 19 year old Kevin Bailey. Again, it's like, man, like this, the, the, you, just, you just are talking. You don't know who. You don't know you're implicating yeah. somebody. You're just saying like you're telling your truth and now you brought your friend into it because that's really what you were doing. Mm. I was hanging out with my friend Fran. Yeah. Oh, Fran. Okay, well, we got to get him down here. We're going to tell him you're going to go to jail. One of you guys is going to jail. Either you're going to jail or Alvin's going to jail. He said you guys were together and this lady's dead and you one of you guys did it. And it's like, what the fuck? You start getting, you know, when they start talking fast like that and you're scared and you think your freedom's on the line and you were like, I was just at home. I always think about that dude, Corey Wise, man, of all the Central Park. He just he just was like, I'll get, my mom will be mad at me if she finds out I let my friend go to the police station without me. Let me just be a good yeah. friend and go down there with him. And they, yeah. they took they, mm. they took 20, 10, 15 years of his life, man. And he was in the hole and all this crazy shit. And he just wanted to be a good friend. And just like that, you end up in the interrogation room. They ask you a couple questions. You answer them in a way that they can find a narrative like, oh, so you were at the scene of the crime. Well, yeah, technically, but it's a big park, or it's Chicago South Side of Chicago's big. I was in the south side of Chicago, but I wasn't in this lady's garage, but you were in the south side of Chicago. Okay. Well, we're gonna go ahead and start to paint this narrative and put this pressure on you. So, um Corey Bachelor, they're they're putting that pressure on him. He's been in an interrogation room for twenty seven hours. He mentions that he was hanging out with his friend on the night this on the night that Lou LeMay was murdered, he was hanging out with his friend, Kevin Bailey. Now Kevin Bailey's involved. So he said he was hanging out with his friend Kevin Bailey. And they found $50 in cash on the ground. I don't know why he said that. I don't know if he said that. But according to the story that I read, that part seems to be what, what Corey Chandler is saying. I told them that. I mean, Corey Bachelor is saying, I told them that. Not the police accused me of saying this. He's saying, that's what my night was. So they're saying, oh, so you have cash in your pocket. This lady's purse is missing. You say you found the money on the ground. A likely story. You're lying, yeah. right? I would have. That's some bullshit. You don't know to what to o- omit. Like you don't know that makes you sound guilty. Like you just are like, that's that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's what happened. I don't, you don't you don't think like, whoa, they set a lady because they might not tell you a lady's purse was stolen. So you go, I'm not correlating me finding cash with a cash from a purse, and they can go, oh, you say you found it, but this lady's purse was stolen, and she had cash missing out of her purse. And then they can lie, and they can go, guess how much money she was missing? $50. Yeah. Just make that up. They can just make that up. Now you're scared. Now you tell them whatever you want to hear. That's how, that's the kind of games they can Isn't play in there. that though? Say it again?
0: That's the, like, that's the bullshit where it's like, oh, I found some money, and they go, like you said, they can go, oh, well, this, this lady's purse was stolen. And it had money and, and it's gone, it was stolen, and he just happened to find money on the ground, but it's like now you now you like shit, like is, there, is you know, everything is going against you now, it's like now like nothing is on your side. Yeah, no. And that should that should break you down emotionally and mentally. That should fuck you up.
1: And this is why you do not speak to detectives or police without a lawyer present. It yeah. is imperative that people follow sometimes you go well, I'm innocent, man. I'm, I'm going to just tell them what happened. No, no, no. Fuck that. You don't know what you could say that would take you from not being a suspect to being the number one suspect. And you are literally innocent. No. So don't say shit. Don't tell them the truth. Don't tell them this story. And let me just go ahead and clear this up. I was, but by the time it's done, they're like, man, you're going to jail for triple murder. You t- just told us a bunch of stuff that we can make work, and you, fit the, you, you, you gave us a great narrative, and you're the guy. So shut the fuck up. Mm. So based on that statement, detectives arrested Kevin Bailey on June 7th and brought him into the station. Bailey and Bachelor were convicted of, of the June 1st, 1989 murder of Lula Mae Woods based exclusively on the lawyerless confessions obtained by the Chicago police detectives who worked under the notorious former Chicago police commander John Burge. If you don't know that name, look him up. He's got a he's got a long list of all kind of crimes and he was convicted of crimes of mis- misconduct and wrongful conviction. I mean a whole bunch of stuff. John Burge is notorious in Chicago. But anyway, so the detectives that convicted these gentlemen,
0: Yeah, it's
1: a very racist name. Um so but uh <laughs> it's like John without the h. So that's already like I don't trust you. Uh, but um <laughs> it's like where's the h? what the H so anyway so uh, so so, so the detectives that work, the detectives that convicted these two kids worked for John Burge so they probably you know, they, they probably followed the same playbook you know it's like gun, yeah. gun, gun Trace Task Force like this was our commander shit goes from the head down we follow the lead of the leader the leader's dirty we're gonna end up dirty too Uh, An investigation revealed that under under former police commander John Burge, officers tortured at least 100 black men into confessions over two decades under the name The Midnight Crew. Wow. Yeah. In 2010, Burge was convicted in federal court of perjury for denying torture allegations during questioning in federal lawsuits brought by other torture victims. He was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. Bachelor was allegedly choked kicked and slammed against the wall by detectives until he confessed and implicated Bailey. Yeah. He didn't just voluntar- voluntarily throw his friend under the bus. They coerced him into implicating him in a, in a crime that he didn't commit himself. But you're getting punched and kicked and it's been 27 hours in a room and you haven't had food or water or gone to the bathroom and now they're beating on you. It's like, man, yeah, man, we were there. I don't know. It was a garage. I don't know, man. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, just stop hitting me. Just stop hitting me. Just stop hitting me. Just stop hitting me. The confession given by the two scared teenagers were wildly inconsistent with each other and did not fit known details about the crime. So again, we saw this in Central Park in the Central Park Five case, where they kept re, they kept cutting the tape off because because Corey Wise was getting this he was getting the lie wrong. So, but in this case, the kids are like just saying how you know they're saying yeah, and she had uh, a green purse. They're just saying things, and the things don't match up with the case. But it's like, but we confessed. But if you don't pay attention yeah. to if you don't pay attention to the details and you just pay attention to the confession, once you zoom in and you go, everything they're saying. First of all, they're saying it was daytime. She was, she was murdered at night. You know they're saying the garage had a car in it. There was no car. They didn't keep a car in the garage because it was like full of. It was a storage garage. Like, but nobody pays attention to those details. They just go They're they're, they're confessing, you know. So that was one of these cases where like, crazy, it yeah. was inconsistent. Like it didn't even match up with how she was killed or anything. They they could have. Who knows how what did they that say. even work? confession? How
0: did they even miss, I I use it. that in court? That's crazy.
1: Confession. That's the only and then and, and then also also the coldest part about the American judicial system is like, if you don't have money, you're not gonna get a good defense team. So the lawyer that they appoint you yeah. is not gonna spend thirty hours diving into the police report and going and looking at the scene and cross referencing types of knives and they go well you 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 guys said it was a fishing knife or you guys said you used a butcher knife but this is a serrated knife you, there's no way you could confuse the two like they're not going to do that extra work that a legal team that's on retainer would do so if you don't have the money right. while it might seem like yeah yeah if you if you just took the time and looked at how inconsistent their their facts are or, or not facts because they're just making up how they killed these people because they're under duress and being forced to confess if you look at what they said and what actually happened this is clear that they're, they're lying and why would you lie about killing somebody unless you were under duress so it sounds simple but clearly it wasn't because these two young men got convicted i will continue so the two young men were tried separately maintaining their innocence through the entire process. Hair analysis excluded them as the source of the three of the three hairs that were found on, uh, on her and on the dom. There was a hair found on the Domino's hat, and two other hairs found on other parts that were in the kitchen as well. I mean, in the garage. And and so so this part is actually confusing because the Innocence Project project gets involved in this case, and they say they pursued the DNA evidence in like in like 2008 or something like that. And this happened in 1989, so I don't even know if they had hair analysis. In
0: 1989, right? He probably didn't. So he probably
1: didn't. Yeah. So the hair analysis, I think, based on I might have just put it in early. I think the hair analysis is what eventually gets them exonerated. Because I don't, but okay. so that they had the hair, but I don't know if they had the the testing ability back then. But I'm not sure. But the way when I was when I was reading the details, it came up that they that their 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 DNA didn't match the hair samples found, and I couldn't tell if they meant. They tested it then and then just didn't mention it during the trial or if they when they were when they got a a retrial and then tested the hair in 2008, 10, whatever. Then they have the technology and their DNA was not on the hairs. So I believe it was I believe it's the second one. I believe the the DNA of the hairs is what what ends up getting them exonerated. So police said that none of the fingerprints because they found seven fingerprints on the purse and the checkbook and everything in the dumpster. The police said that none of the none of the fingerprints belonged to either Bailey or Bachelor. The only evidence linking them to the crime in 1989 was their confession. The identity of the person who shed his fingerprint, the, the identity of the person who shed his fingerprint on these key items is still unknown. Bachelor was sentenced to 30 years and Bailey, who was the guy, he wasn't even picked up. He just Bachelor Corey Bachelor got him involved. So Corey Bachelor got thirty years. Kevin Bailey got eighty years. Damn. So he wasn't. This guy wasn't. This guy got was the second guy brought in as the accomplice. He got eighty years. He got eighty years. I guess they flipped him and made it where he was the guy. It was his idea. It was you know it was this was all on him. So in August of two thousand four bachelor was released from prison on parole after serving 15 years by then both men had filed numerous appeals and post-conviction motions for new trials but all were unsuccessful ultimately in 2006 the innocence project stepped in and took up bailey's case because bailey was still in prison because he got 80 years so they took up his case seeking dna testing of the evidence from 1989 the fingerprints in the hair Ultimately, testing excluded Bachelor, Bailey, and Lula May Woods as the source of the hairs found on the Domino's pizza hat and confirmed that the hair came from a man. So the hair wasn't Lula May's, and it wasn't Kevin Bailey's or Corey Bachelor's.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna miss this part. So did either one of them work at
1: Domino's? N- not that I know of it. that didn't come up. I don't think either of them were I don't think either of them okay. did though. I mean, if they okay. did, that would be a that would be a big riff. That that might have been, but they were implicated in this case because a guy got arrested for something unrelated. They put pressure on him, and he yeah. he pointed the finger at Corey Bachelor. That's the only reason. That, that's the only reason. No, so I want
0: to ask you a question: now, Would you hold a grudge against that guy that brought that, that mentioned your name? Well, which or guy? The random mean, guy or he, my friend? Yeah, uh, because the random guy came. Random, he, uh, he comes. He came uh, to his your house. Friend,
1: your right. Oh, <laughs> he, I, I, would, get I would hold. A, I would hold more. Oh, damn! Because we both went to prison.
0: Because the random guy, he's like, he just, he just, he just, he out for, I out just for self. Can't he can't doesn't know me. Know. Yeah, oh, or at like, least, exactly. at least I don't
1: think he might know you. He might know you from around the way, but y'all aren't good friends. I think they all are from the same neighborhood, but he showed up to his house to point the finger at him. I would hold a grudge against him, but I mean, both the both Corey. And Kevin went to prison. So it's not like, it's not like Corey got Kevin involved in this and then put it all on him. And then he got the skate. Like he just got, tricked. Yeah. he just got tricked. Like he got wrapped up in the speak and the, and the words and the threats and the physical violence and the 27 hour hold. And he said, he said some shit that was, was dumb that he shouldn't have said. And he got his friend involved in it and kind of, they got both got fucked, but it wasn't malicious. So I wouldn't hold a grudge against a friend that did some dumb shit. In this case, this was just like a miscarriage of justice, man. And this guy just happened to say, like, yeah, I was hanging out with my friend. We found some money on the ground. And then the rest was history. That was done. It was like, oh, yeah, cool. We got two suspects now. So lawyers for the exoneration project at the University of Chicago Law School, the Center on Wrongful Convictions of Youth at Northwestern University Law School and the People's Law Office joined the Innocence Project. So he had a full league. They had a full legal team. And once Dennis's project got involved, Dude. that's when all the big wigs come out and you get the real legal defense that you need to fight a case in the United yeah. States. So he, they got all that. All these pro bono lawyers came together. They formed like Voltron and they filed a petition for a new trial on behalf of Bachelor and Bailey, even though even though Bailey was I mean, even though Bachelor was free at this point, they still wanted to get his his, his charges exonerated because he was just out on parole. He was still a convicted murderer So yeah. uh, based on the DNA. They wanted to do this new trial based on the DNA test results. So by that time, the allegations of torture involving a long list of defendants, including Bachelor and Bailey, have been made against Chicago Police Lieutenant John Burge and detectives under his command. So it's like it was almost like it was almost the perfect storm. You know, these two guys are looking to get their case exonerated. And while that's happening, this story breaks about this police officer going to prison for torturing black people into confessing to crimes. So once that hits the media, they connect the dots and it looks, it looks really favorable for you for public image-wise where you go, they were just a part of these other people who were tortured by this police department. So, yeah, they probably are innocent. Right. We should exonerate them. So it was the perfect kind of news story to help bolster them getting a favorable trial. So the, the petition for a new trial detailed the evidence of the widespread and, system, uh, and systemic use of torture by detectives, including those who interrogated Bailey and Bachelor. The petition also brought up the fact that Lula Mae Woods, Was the wife of a retired police officer, and that if if detectives involved in this case were accused of misconduct and violence against scores of random defendants, the odds of them changing their ways against two guys that they believed killed a cop's wife was unlikely. So basically, what they were saying was they were were beating up guys that they thought stole a bike or robbed a convenience store. You think they're going to not beat up the guys that they think killed one of their guys' wives? They wouldn't. They do. They do they'd at least do what they've been doing or more. They'd go worse, probably. They'd probably go worse on them. So, like in prior cases alleging police torture, a special prosecutor named Stuart Noodleman was assigned to handle the case for the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. After a long and litigious journey, on January 30th, 2018, a judge granted a motion to vacate Kevin Bailey's conviction after serving nearly 30, 30 years in prison. And after his release... Kevin told the press while on the steps of the courthouse building to finally just hear those words that I always knew in that same exact building behind us in 1989, that no matter what happens before I leave this earth, I will leave an innocent man or at least I will die trying. So, you know, I mean, he felt he felt vindicated, you know, to say to say the least and to to hear that in the same building where you got convicted is man full circle. That's got to be a wild feeling.
0: I know, I know, you know, it's a great feeling for him to be, you know, even, it was, he was exonerated, right?
1: Well,
0: yeah, well, the charges were
1: vacated, so yes, he was exonerated, he was, and he was exonerated okay. based on okay. DNA, based on the DNA evidence.
0: Right. I, I, that's, I know that's a great feeling, but for you to have to go through all that and then do 30 years, 30 years, 20, 20, 30 years,
1: nineteen
0: eighty nine between that nineteen eighty nine to two thousand eighteen yeah you know, and between that time where you just like I don't know if I'm gonna get out of here you don't know, even you know if if you know people are gonna if this case is gonna get out and so get the, the publicity you need to get the, the right the right help to get the for to reach the right people that can help you get out of here all that doubt man and, and but and I, think, but, and I it feels like thirty years bro but that's a that is a long ass time. My entire that's life. That's a long-ass yeah, time. My whole life. So, And, and it's like, that's we, we have
1: these discussions all the time and, you know, we talked about it a bit when we were talking about Adnan Saeed and how he's probably in a pos- the best position you can be in as a person who goes through this type of thing because his case was so widely publicized that I think he's going to land on his feet. But it's like, what does that mean, yeah. though? You know, like, what does that really... Even if he's the best case, in, he's going to have a job and media attention and money and... Sponsorships and book deals, but like he lost twenty-two years of his life. Kevin Bailey lost thirty years of his life. Corey Bachelor lost fifteen yeah. years of his life, and then not to mention the the mental fucked upness of Kevin Bailey. Probably when you find out Corey Bachelor got released on on parole, yeah, you know that probably fucks you up, and you you're trying to be you because you I mean I I know so many people. I, you know, I have family members went to prison, and it's like the the hardest part sometimes is just keeping your head up. And sp- right. so let alone when you're in prison innocent. I'm talking about family members that look, man, I got family they did it. I'm not, you know, like they stole yeah. the car. Like, you know, they 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 got to go do their bid. But let alone you sitting in prison and you know you're innocent and you're trying to fight every day to not do anything to yourself, stay focused, stay keep a positive attitude, fight the good fight and you find out my my co-defendant who was also innocent and and I'm only here because he said my name is free. Right. So I don't like that. That's the part that gets my blood so right. boiled. about this is they just they just playing with people's freedom. Like you make this mistake, you can make you can you can you can fuck up somebody's life in three months. You could, you know, take them off the street, put him in jail, set, put them through a trial and have him convicted in six months. And it takes 40 years to right the wrong yeah you know it's like when you buy something and then you're like oh, i don't i don't want this i want to return it. it's like oh we'll get the money to you in like 60 days it's like you didn't take this money out at six you took this money out the day i bought this shirt <laughs> I bought it, yeah. <laughs> right. you didn't take 60 days to take the money for my shirt but i gotta wait 60 days for you to give me my money back that's a much smaller you know scale of a <laughs> of a uh, of a scenario but you get what i'm saying but anyway in december of 2018. Bachelor and Bailey filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the city of Chicago seeking compensation for their wrongful convictions. In January, mm-hmm. in January, 2022, the lawsuit was settled for $14 million. The two men split mm-hmm. the settlement evenly and infamous police commander, John Burge, whose awful tactics costed the city of Chicago, nearly $200 million in settlements. Cause that's once this kind of opened the floodgates. It was like, they they. Oh
0: once, yeah.
1: Once he got arrested, once 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 he got arrested and convicted of of torturing people, the city of Chicago had to put out a statement and and like make a make a law or whatever it is where it said, if you can prove that you were one of these people that were tortured at the, in this time frame by this department, you get a hundred thousand dollars. So mad people came forward and ended up paying out nearly two hundred million dollars. Did
0: hear that? or like or that was like attorneys putting out like a damn commercial doing that shit. I mean,
1: well, it's one of those kind of things where it's like if if the city says if you can prove that lead paint poisoning was a thing, then it's going to be all kind of lawyers that pop yeah. up, but the they're they're taking advantage of the system that's in place. So it was some kind of law passed right, or some okay. kind of decree or something that said if you can prove this, then we will pay you $100,000. Then then a lawyer will come of course and go, "Oh yeah, I'll do that and then let me get, let me get my 10%, 15% of the 100,000." Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the lawyers don't have any say in being able to sue, there has to be some kind of like precedent. And this precedent was set in some kind of way where they said, if you can prove you were tortured, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. And this guy, John Burge costed the city of Chicago and the taxpayers nearly $200 million in settlements. Cause so many people came forward. And then people like, uh, Kevin Bailey and Corey, Corey Bachelor came forward and hit him off for 14 million. And so, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, John Burge died in 2010 at the age of 70. So, you know, Good riddance. Go fuck. Go fuck
0: yourself. shit.
1: But yeah, yeah. But again, and we have this discussion. I think I said. I think I said somewhere around ten million is something I can. I can. I can try to pick up the pieces of my life. So they got around seven, you know, taxes come in and everything like that. But what? What is thirty years of your life, man? I mean realistically most commodity ne- for sure bro like it's you can't put a price tag on it and it's funny like I would never if I ever got the the like the pleasure to sit down with one of these people i I wouldn't even ask that question I feel like it's distasteful like it's 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 an interesting question yeah. to like ask you and we do little games and hypotheticals and stuff but like if I go I would never go so you know was it worth you know the the ten million was it worth the, you know it's not even I don't even know how how I would ask it I just wouldn't you know it's like they would say yeah. no. They would say no. You know, I'd rather have my life. So you know, but they they sued. They filed a, a lawsuit and they split fourteen million dollars from the city. So, uh,
0: yeah, I think I think anybody would, unless you know, it wasn't that much. It wasn't that much time, or you didn't have kids like that. I think anybody got kids and family and people, family close family, family doesn't pass away during that time. Be like, no, nah, I would. I'd I'm, rather have my it, time. That wasn't worth it at all.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have my, rather time. Have my time. I yeah. was in hell. Especially because you really got to put in, into the frame, like, you did the time in American prison. Which I hear there are worse yeah. prisons and stuff, but I watch a lot of Gangland and Locked Up Raw. 30 years in an American prison yeah. is... It's
0: prison. It doesn't matter where it's at. I don't know if exactly.
1: it's just worse the worse way out or whatever. But I'm just you saying, like, yeah, in full walls. you fighting for your life every 24 day.
0: 24 hours, 23 hours a day. Yeah, yeah fuck you know, that. getting
1: treated like an animal. It's not like we're saying, would you get locked in a box for thirty years? Like, no. Would you fucking be institutionalized, eating moldy bread, all that? Sh- like the real, like all that shit. Like, cause, cause that's the other part. Like, we don't know that experience, so we were able to play this hypothetical of like thirty years in a cell. It's like, no, there's so many other things to prison besides being the cell part. Is just like the home part of prison. It's gangs and yeah. politics and. All kind of, well, you can't, don't sit on that table because if you sit on that table, that means you're a bitch. Like, all that type of stuff, you know, it's so fascinating watching those shows where it's it, so many weird rules, like, you just got to know, or you can, it'll be not a fun time for you in prison. Who you sitting near, yeah, who you sit with.
0: Open the screen.
1: Oh, man, who you play, don't play basketball because if they foul you too hard, then you got to fight them because if you don't, then they're going to say you're a bitch. Like, well, I elbowed him in his mouth. He let me, he just let me do it. Like, that's crazy, like, we playing basketball, yeah, if I, and if I go, oh, good foul, and they go, yeah, I bet it was, bitch. You're like, oh, wow, okay, I thought we were just playing basketball. Yeah. Like, I, th- I, think right. about, I think about my my personality in prison, I, I would not have a good time in prison, because I would let so much shit, somebody step with my shoes, like, oh, you're good, bro. Like, oh, I bet I am good. Matter of fact, give me the shoes. You go, damn, yeah. shit, I just was being polite. Yeah. And there's no polite. You can't be polite in prison
0: nah you gotta turn up at all the time everybody they, they the type of person, yeah. 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 you
1: gotta turn up at all times somebody step on your shoes like you oh, you gonna step on my shoes you got you know you, you, you gotta turn up so you got to put all that into effect and you go 30 years of that was that worth what how much money is that worth' it's like I, I wouldn't even ask a person who got one of these settlements like how much money is that worth like I nothing not a person that really went that's there that
0: paid you right that's see you as a person your personality and behavior that's great yeah. Yeah, you don't come out the then, same. they trying to come out. they trying to come out, and then like, no, nah, like that's not the same, bro. Not the same.
1: No, <laughs> you come out a whole different person. There's no. It's not like uh, exactly. would you would you take a nap for thirty years and then wake up older and shit? That's like that's how we look at it. Like, would you just be gone for thirty years and then just pop back up in the world? Like, nah, man, you're still alive. You're just living in some crazy alternate like hell. Where it's you, it's, it's, yeah. it's the it's the it's the animals. You got you're you're an animal. You got to be an animal to survive in amongst the animals. Yeah. And then you got to come out and be like, and I ain't do nothing, and I and I'm innocent. So now I you here for nothing. now you <laughs> think of this. So friend, think of the psychology of that. Now you turned me into an animal, and I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I didn't have. It had wasn't to, my I, fault. Yeah. I might have had to stab somebody in here. Somebody stabbed me. Whatever fight, join a gang, whatever, and I was innocent.
0: a no different person
1: so I didn't, yeah. and I came on there and go yeah and so and when you get out you have to go get a job at Arby's, it's like you want me to do what
0: like you know how it's pretty as that you you come out with you come out with they give you seven million, you give me all this money I've been in there for forty years or whatever I come out with seven million it's like you expect this was, person to know just to know what to do with
1: it I was nineteen, never seen a thousand dollars at one time. Yeah. Now I got seven million dollars family that we talked about this, too. Like the hands coming, their hands are coming out. It's a sick world. And you brought up a good point one time we were talking about this. where it's like they need to have and I, maybe they do, but I, I haven't heard about it. But they need to have some kind of literary courses or financial, you know, literacy courses t- to if you're going to give me seven million dollars. And I was 19 when I went to prison, you need to. Have somebody t- teach me how to do this and don't just leave me to the scammers because somebody could come to you in a navy blue suit with brown shoes on. Exactly. Somebody hire somebody hired from the state. Yeah. Something like that. Somebody that you 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 can has been vetted. Cause somebody could come along Brand and about, hey, man, they can be held accountable. Exactly. Yeah. There's a record. We know we got we looking at the books, making sure they're not stealing from you. That needs to be in place because somebody could come along and sell you a good be a good snake oil salesman and say, Hey man, I could turn that seven million into fourteen. And then you'll be really set for life. Yeah. Then they would be like, oh, man, I lost all your money in Bitcoin. <laughs> so we need to make sure these people are in position to succeed when they get out of prison, have the resources that they need. You can't just throw somebody $7 million and say, figure it out. Because you still got the same brain. as the, you, you went in at 19, you, you're still going to be stunted. I'm not going to say, you know, because you can learn. You go to learning annexes and take college courses and stuff, but you're still going to be stunted. You can't grow and develop in prison. You can't travel. No, and meet that's people just like and, them,
0: That's that's just like them giving you money to the gallon and, and saying sorry and then like slamming the door in their face. Yeah, and it's like, well, good luck, I'll figure it out. Yep. You know, we 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 said sorry, so I have to clean it.
1: Yep. Yes, wow, man. But uh, yeah, man. Let's go ahead and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a light version of Good Vibes, um, and uh, a little quick a little quick Good Vibes. I think we should just discuss. Your excitement, man. I'm not even gonna break into the music or anything like that. This is a very raw, it's very raw, unfiltered episode of Affirmative Murder. Good vibes. Let's just discuss, man. So, Friday. Yeah. Kids coming down. How does it feel to be a, a, the guy? Like you get. The, it's cool that your kids get to see you get married. You know, like they're gonna remember that day. Yeah. Yeah. Even if Max is not gonna be. Yeah. Focused. I think he'll be absorbed yeah, man. in the love.
0: I, I think. I don't think. I think he'll re, he'll remember it, and uh, you know, for Sophie, I think it's a bigger moment. Yeah, she'll, she, she'll she'll definitely they both remember, but she's definitely involved And in I Something she, she'll talk about, you know, probably for the rest of her life, and it's a memory for her. And as Max, I think Max will probably remember a bit because he's two. So it's like he'll remember bits and pieces of it, but then when he, maybe he's, when he's like seven, he's like, I don't really, I don't remember too much about it. unless something crazy happens where he's like, oh yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah. He's too, so he's not really going to remember too much. He, you know, he's going to have his little tux on. He has a little tux. Um, you know, we're going we to go get our haircut starting in, in the morning or whatever to get the day started. So it's definitely, it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy day, man. It's definitely going to be a real close of emotions only because, um, you know, family is going to be there. And then uh, we have a, see, a lot, a lot of people don't notice. I didn't tell my dad, and this, but we have a table of, like, loved ones that's not around anymore. So, oh, wow. I think mean, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be
1: uh, that's very special. emotional. So,
0: that's um, yeah, so it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be, emo, the emotions is going to be a roller coaster. I'm going to have a roller coaster emotion. It's going to be crazy, but it's definitely going to be a day for us to remember. It's definitely going to be, you know, a special day, so.
1: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to. it. I'm man. excited though, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to, it, man. It's gonna be a really, uh, big moment. I'm not even. I don't even want to say too much because I don't want to dig into my speech bag. I don't even want to touch on that. <laughs> I don't even want to touch on any of the elements of my speech and talking to you right now. But yeah, man, it's gonna be a special. Yeah. Uh, it's been. It's been a pleasure just watching you grow, man. And it's like it's wild, man. Like you know, it's just a big moment, milestones. When you see people just accomplishing milestones and um shout, another shout out to a friend of the show JJ uh he just had his baby last night he sent me the pictures he's been oh, up, hey. he, yeah he's been up for like 24 hours rubbing backs and getting shit oh, wow. sh- sh- getting shit thrown at him and yeah, stuff his baby the little the yeah. little, the little princess was born um and it's just crazy like you Correct. know, you're, you're seeing, you know seeing, yeah. seeing my friends do all these amazing things man it really is like it really it really uh brings joy to me like it, it makes me proud because like I, I saw i knew you guys i know you longer than anybody but i'm just saying like you jj less a lot of the things he's accomplished i'm just like man like i remember when we just were like getting some fast food was a like man let me scrape let me scrape together this 15 i might not all get right. this might not get this part of this meal. Might just get the meal without the fries on this one, but you know, we're gonna go have a good time and sit in the parking lot, eat some fast food, some Sonic or whatever. And to yeah. go to Jamaica for JJ's wedding or going to your wedding on Friday and seeing your kids there and, and the at the wedding rehearsal and just just seeing just big shit happening, you know. Unless it was yeah. like his voice was in a fucking movie. I'm just like, man, I'm just proud of my friends, man. It's just really cool
0: and Yeah, um, man special. So I, think, cool. I think we could both say, I, yeah, I think, you know, JJ and Les, you know, they're more closer friends than you, but I still, you know, I consider them as my friends as well. For sure. And it's like, you know, and my, and my other friends that, you know, we don't talk about too much on here, like, I always think about, like, sometimes I'll be at work or whatever just sitting around, I, and I go like, damn, like, you know how lucky you have to be to have, uh, you no, know, not like a huge group of friends, but a, you know, a small group of friends with, like, None of them like none of them are getting in crazy trouble. Yep. you are know, all good influences on you. It's like that's man. I feel like that's rare, man. I man. feel like that's that's really rare for you to be surrounded by people who who are doing good things, where like nobody is you know influence you to do some crazy shit that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Everybody is you know live how, living living a good life and doing the right things. You know having the moral compass and stuff like that. And I just say that's super important and super rare, man. So I, I always feel like I yeah, man. I'm lucky, man. Like. I'm super like I have friends who like they went to college and you know we only went to college because we thought that was the right thing to do because we had friends that were going to college and it was like no it wasn't for me but I still made that effort and we still made that effort to at least try to do that good influence to, to better ourselves but it's like yeah exactly so it was like so yeah that's that's that, you know I always think about that like I'm stupid lucky
1: yeah cause I make my jokes and shit man but you we could have got influence to do way dumber shit than go to college for a year like we did that because all our friends were doing that like all of our friends could have been doing some real dumb reckless shit and we could have did that so i might make my jokes about wasting time and what it was it was a waste or whatever the fuck but like it wasn't a waste it was just not for us a waste would have been doing some dumb shit and getting arrested or and, and losing time out of your life that would have been dumb shit so it's like, yeah, no, I, I think about that shit almost every day because it's and for, and for me, I, like I said, I look at like you and and and, 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 uh, and, and Jay and and, and less, and I go, not only am I just like happy that you guys don't do dumb shit, and you guys are living well. Less does super dumb shit, but it's it's fun, it's fun, dumb shit. He does, he does, he does, he does, he does fun dumb shit. Um, but well, he's not um, like being a criminal. Yeah, he's not yeah, like we being like, well, again. well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> what is it is yeah. yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not you guys aren't just doing good sh- good shit like that it inspires me you know what i'm saying like it's, i'm yeah, like i'm inspired exactly. i'm inspired yep. by you i'm not just like man good for them i'm like no nah, man like that's i'm looking to you guys like i, I like i'm inspired by you guys yeah. and that's, i think that that's rare too cuz i think a lot of times people get stagnated by their circle like you can only go as high as you the yeah. people you keep around you so the people I keep around me make yeah. me want; they make me want to go higher, all the time, constantly, and and so yeah. it's like elevation is necessary at all times, and, and like I think that that's that that's rare. Like 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 we said, like that's rare to 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 be surrounded by people like that, and it's a, also kind of a cheat code because I only fuck with like six people.
0: You know what I mean? Like, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like you got a small business, small group, small tight group. People and, keep trying, bro. I'm like, like, listen,
1: man, I'm good. Like I don't really. I don't have any more applications left. I'm so, like I I can't. I don't have any concern left. Like we can be buddies, uh, but me being like yeah. concerned about your well being and your family and shit, I got I got I got the, those people locked in. Yeah, I got a little MySpace. Yeah, and six, and I just yeah, and it's like I don't trust
0: people for me to be like, you know, we get into your thirties, like, I'm trying not to make making new a, a new like, friend, a new adult. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you, yeah, it's like, first of all, I'm like, I don't know what your motive is. I don't know what the, what the end game is with you. I don't know. Where, where did you, you come from? Yeah, what is you this? You gotta be my friend. Literally, where did you come
1: from? What, what like, do you I don't, want? I don't know. Why do you need, why do you, because I, I already know I have a friend group. Why do you need new, why are you looking for new friends? Who'd you fuck over?
0: Exactly. What, what, exactly. Friend, group, what friend group did you get kicked
1: out of that you need new friends all of a sudden at 30 years old? Cause I got my friends. I'm not looking for a new group of friends, but you are really, right. you really keep being like, "Hey man, let's hang out. We should go get drinks." I'm like, "Why don't you have friends? Why is it that you right. don't have friends? Unless you, right. you unless you tell me you just moved here, unless you tell me you just moved here, because I'll accept that. That's one. That's one I'll accept. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to hang out with you, but I'll go. All right, new friends. You're Looking for new friends. But if you go, no man, we went to the same high school. I knew of you in high school, but I didn't. We didn't know each other. So you went, we, Let's go get a drink sometime. Like. Wait, so you've been here the whole time and you're looking for new friends? Are you 30? Yeah. No, nah, you are a dirtbag. Like, you steal or something. You steal from people's homes. Yeah. Or something. You do something. Something's wrong with you. So I'm not looking for new friends, bro. And uh, and so that is kind of a cheat code because if you keep a whole bunch of half friends, you are definitely not going to be inspired by too many of them because you don't even really know them that well. and It's too many of them. You're bound to have some fuck-ups around you, you know? So, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Keep that, yeah. just
1: keep that circle tight and strong, man. You don't need a big... Big old friend, loose group of friends that you don't even really care that much about. Like keep a good, solid, you know, round. Keep a round table. Keep, keep, keep some people around you you trust and, and you know and really want to see succeed. And it's no weird snake type of shit. I never, not a person that is my friend today. I never have any kind of have had any kind of jealousy or any time. Only, yeah. only wanted them to succeed. They only wanted me to succeed, and you can feel it, and it's and and it's evident. By the fact that we've been friends this long So yeah man, all, yeah, that shit, man. All, that shit is, all that shit is a part of uh, Friday, it's going to be a special day And uh, I'm excited, like I said, I'm excited Man, I'm so excited to get those pictures Walking down the aisle with your brother, bro It's going to be <laughs> It's going to be iconic, bro Yeah man, I feel real. like that's my
0: most That's like that. I feel like that's my most nervous part Is like, Because I got to walk up by myself True, so like, but you, the, like you got it. a gang of I'm people all got all your back
1: Yeah, we got your back though
0: yeah, I know. Man, we, we come right, we come, we come right behind you.
1: We come right behind you,
0: <laughs> but you gotta take that runway yeah, walk man. by yourself. It's be, yeah, I know, right? But it's it's gonna be, you know. I hope you know you praying like it's be a perfect day. The weather's supposed to be like my my type of weather. So I'm like I'm excited about that. It's not gonna be hot or whatever. But yeah, man, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a crazy day. Then we, you know, we I told you we leaving at night to go to the little mini moon. So yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a wild one
1: for sure. Yeah, you know it's, it's gonna it's gonna be big. I'm excited. I want all the details as far as like what you guys see on your mini moon and the places you hit up and everything like that. I'm I'm excited to to, to for that to go well because it's gonna go well. You guys are gonna have a good time. Yeah. But anyway, with that being said, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. Be sure to send Fran all the love you can once you guys see the social media posts. And we'll see you guys in a a little over a week after Fran gets to celebrate his nuptials.